It's a new era for the Indiana Fever. And Chris decides the new head coach is here to talk about it. Lockdown women's basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Meddahl, thanking you for making us your first listen every day. Of course, we're here every weekday, plus Saturdays. Saturdays, we talk about the WNBA draft, uh, which is, of course, going to be of particular interest (laughs) to our guest today, uh, the new head coach of the Indiana Fever, but someone who has been building toward this for a very long time and put together a distinguished record throughout this league, throughout college basketball. Um, and Christy Sides, I just want to say the text I got from another front office member in the WNBA, not with Indiana, Lynn got it right. And I was saying that to you beforehand. It was uh, certainly how I feel about it. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Howard. It's um, great to be here. Yeah, well, I, I really appreciate that. Um, it, it has been um, a really long time. I've, I've done this. Um, as an assistant for a really long time, and I've enjoyed every minute of that role. Um, but it was just a a situation and a timing thing, and it just everything just was working out. I mean, from the start of this process until it ended, and everything was so easy. And it was just it was obvious it was um, exactly um, what was supposed to happen for me and my family at this time. So it makes a lot of sense, and we're going to get into the specifics as to why. Uh, obviously, you know we've covered you over at The Next to make sure, you know, for those listeners uh, that you're following us at thenexthoops.com, over 100 reported pieces every single month uh, talking about this league, talking about college basketball. And Spencer Nussbaum at The Next did a really good job talking about the role you played last year in Atlanta. Uh, The simplest, easiest way, and you could dig down deep, but I'll just throw it at the top line. Atlanta goes from 104.8 points per possession, per 100 possessions, to 99.8 from ninth to fifth. Emphasis on defense, something that I know was important to you that you said to Lynn in your first conversation. You guys would have won five more games last year if you defended better. What was it that allowed your defense and Coach T's defense, obviously, at, in Atlanta to improve so much? And do you think it's reasonable to expect something similar here in Indiana here in year one? Yeah. You know, I think um, Tanisha from day one, I mean, that's what we talked about. Tanisha was always a great defender. So that was kind of her DNA. Um, and um, same for me. I mean, I played for, you know, Van Chancellor and Leon Barmore. I mean, you know, I've, I've, I learned to play a lot of defense um, while I was with those guys and appreciate that side of the ball. But, um, you know, we emphasized it. And I'm going to say that again, like it's not really what you teach. It's what you emphasize. I know that's a quote that everybody uses, but Tanisha did a great job of, of emphasizing exactly what we wanted to do um, on that side of the ball on the defensive side of the ball. And we worked on it, you know, like we were running a new offense and we, we needed people, you know, we needed people to make shots, but we knew we could do something with the talent that we had with the athletes um, on that side of the basketball. And, 
I mean, I'm not going to take any other page from any other book. I mean, we are going to go. I mean, I think I made the comment that they're going to come into training camp, um, learn, you know, in defensive stance, ready to play, ready to play some defense. And that's kind of what we're going to do. That's what we're going to emphasize day one. Is when you say emphasize, you know, is it just you're talking more about defense? I'm so struck by this, that there are some coaches where it's, understood it's assumed and you see the coaches go somewhere new and it doesn't matter at some level the personnel there's a jump in defensive efficiency you know on the college side i look at you know what vic schaefer did yeah you know he goes to mississippi state and right away you know it wasn't his team recruited first year but mississippi state sees a jump texas Mm -hmm. you saw a jump defensive efficiency you know um honestly coach abe who did something similar when she went from u albany to central florida and i expect the same at georgia which already defended really well so Mm -hmm. like just like when the rubber hits the road what does that look like are you uh, you know take me through that yeah so i think when you talk about emphasize i think um communication is a number one on the defensive side of the ball Mm -hmm. you know these young people do a lot of this Um, And not, you know, they don't do as much as this anymore. And so that is for, you know, first and foremost, that is what you're trying to get. You have to be talking when you're trying to play some defense or you can't get it done. I think um, all the footwork that goes into, um, you know, all your closeouts, um, how you slide, how, you know, being just in stance. I mean, like you'll see people standing up playing defense. I mean, when you stand up, you're beat. And so it's all the little details. And then a lot of it has to do um, from my experience is pressuring the dang basketball. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you pressure that basketball, you make everything hard. If you have active hands, you know, if you're going to ice on the side and you have your hands down, well, they're able to throw to, you know, a Brianna Stewart who's going to pop and take a shot. But if your hands are up, you know, and you're active, that ball's got to go up and over. And so it's just all the little details, you know, that go into it. And then you have to have your team buy in to just play in from as far up as you want to get. And I mean, we're going to, we're going to pick you up. We're going to, at half court, you're going to fill us um, this upcoming season. You have a young team, you have a team though. And and I cannot help, but think as I'm, you know, listening to this about Emily Ensler and the fact Mm -hmm. that you know, she comes in as someone who played a system that did a lot of the things you're describing at Louisville. Do you see her as a, a linchpin to the type of defensive intensity that you're discussing here? Oh, no question. I mean, if you, you know, I scouted, um, they were, the Fever were my scout um, okay. and uh, when I was in Atlanta, but, you know, Emily is, I mean, she's, she's a dog. I mean, she will get after it. She never stops. She's hustling all the time. Um, she's going to pick you up. She's going to make you turn the ball over. She's going to dive on the floor for loose balls and she's going to go for every rebound. And um, I mean, those characteristics right there, if you can get 12 on the same page doing all those things, I mean, that's, that's a recipe for success. No doubt about it. And when you talk about 12 on the same page, a lot of it, and, and we know this starts at the star level. And mm-hmm. so Take me through just what you see from Kelsey Mitchell, what you see from her game, what you see from what you think you can bring out of her game uh, as a a member of this team, as a leader of this team. You know, um, when we drafted Kelsey, she's probably one of the nicest, quietest people (laughs) you've ever met. And then she's really dangerous on the offensive end of the court. I mean, I think she put up in one game like 20, 20 points in a two-minute span. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she's um, she has all the tools. And, you know, she can um, – we're going to – she's going to learn and she's going to do a better job on the defensive end. Uh, Kelsey's got a – you know, she's in a position right now where she's 
she's still young. I mean, all these guys are still young. You know, D-Rob is our, our veteran and Emma Cannon. <laughs> but other than that, Kelsey, Tori, all of, you know, they're all so young. So they're still looking you know, for someone to show them the way. Um, but after meeting with the staff that's been there and talking to people that are still around, um, they've really talked about how much Kelsey has grown and how much she's matured. And I think, you know, um, me and her are going to spend a lot of time um, in the in the future just trying to, you know, figure out, I mean, wh what do you need, Kelsey? What can we do, Kelsey? I mean, she's I'm going to ask her a lot of questions and get her really involved. And I mean, I'm going to take my time on my coaching search. I mean, mm -hmm. I've got a group of people that I really like, but I want to know what these guys want and what they need. And, you know, and that's important. And Kelsey's going to be huge in that. In terms of that search, you, you know, do you have a timetable? Are you hoping, you know, end of the year or is it just it takes what it takes? Yeah, um, I really want to have um, one coach hired by the first of the year. Mm -hmm. um, somebody that's going to, you know, that's going to, for me, Howard, it's all about in these first few years, I have to have people around me that I can trust and that, you know, loyalty is huge and that's going to have, we're going to have each other's back. And, and, most importantly, they're going to take care of these players. They're going to develop them. They're going to make sure that they have everything they need um, to be successful. So hopefully by the, you know, by the first of the year, that is my goal. And then from there, just kind of how it falls. Like I said, there is no rush. I mean, Lynn has done an excellent job. I mean, she's doing an excellent job with the, you know, all the draft prep and, and players and, and we're working on that, but I've got to get it right, man. I mean, I've got to get, that's how important this is. No doubt about it. And so we'll talk a little bit about the draft and um, what may or may not be coming. I do want to talk uh, first uh, about BetterHelp. And it's worth noting this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, unfortunately, life does not come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Therapists are trained at BetterHelp to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's available online. It's affordable. So save 10% off your first month of BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. So is it um, tampering if you start drawing up plays now for a player who might, let's say, be in, I don't know, let's pick a southern state, South Carolina from now until April? Or are you legally allowed to start doing that, even if you don't put a name on the play? How does that work? Who am I drawing these plays up for? What I don't I know. I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there. You know, are there any, you know, as I had heard – you guys have the number one pick. I hear you're interested in um, in defense in particular. Um, you know, do you see any uh, high profile uh, prospects who are centers who are particularly good on, the, say, the defensive and the rebounding end? Maybe somebody uh, who won a championship last year. You know, I'm just spitballing here. It, might, it seems like yeah. that 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 type of player might be a fit. Yeah. No. I mean. With the, with the draft picks that we have, I mean, last Friday, the way the the day ended getting that number one pick was incredible. I mean, it couldn't have – the whole day couldn't have been planned any more perfect. But, yeah. you know, we also have seven. We have 13, uh, 17, 25. I mean, we've got a lot of picks. Um, and obviously the number one gives you a lot of, you know, 
uh, power to do a lot of things. There are some great players out there. I mean, there are in this draft. And, um, you know, we haven't really talked about how important culture is, but culture mm -hmm. is huge for, mm -hmm. for us and this Fever organization, building that. And so whoever that player is that I'm going to, you know, that we'll be drawing up plays for or teaching, mm -hmm. you know, they've got to fit our culture. And, and they've got to, you know, we've got to make sure that we set a foundation um, with, you know, all the, you know, that, that those are important things right now. I mean, yes, the player, a number one talent, you know, but, but they've got to fit and they've got to buy into our culture. You know, you look back at what Lynn did last year in the draft, and I just think it's a remarkable thing. It's a very hard thing to get right. And I, I think it's fair to argue that she got, she went five for five in terms of players who were able to contribute. Now, this was a roster where everyone was going to play, you know, so you were going to get to see them. Um, I, I, I think, obviously, we need to see more from Lexi to get a better sense. Um, Destiny somebody who's got to grow into it in year two. But to get somebody who's able to give you, you know, give this team solid minutes at the point in year one is a very significant thing to do. When you look at you know, seven thirteen. you know, and, and the rest of that, that's obviously at some level, you're starting to run into um, a similar issue to what say the Dallas winds have had to deal with the last couple of years, which is say so many young people and how do you mold them into that culture that you're talking about? When you guys have that conversation, you have D Rob, you have some, you know, a veteran voice you're talking about um, there as well. Is it more a question of balancing? Is there such a thing, I guess, is what, I would wonder as too many first and second year players when you got to build. Oh yeah. I, I think um, one of the issues when, you know, when I was in it, Indiana the last time was, you know, we had these young players and we just didn't have enough veteran leadership players mm -hmm. that had won players that knew what it took, you know, to, to, to win championships. Mm -hmm. And so it is so important that you find, um, veterans who have been in this league long enough I mean this league I've said it it will it will swallow you up as a young player I mean it's the talent that's in it I mean it's the best basketball in the world uh for women's basketball but you've got to put players who are gonna you know buy into to your vision and then also like own taking these young people and bringing them along I mean they've got to show them what it's like to be a pro and that is something I've been talking with our players um with at Indiana about just like, you know, some, they just don't know what that looks like. And we've got to teach them that. And the best teachers are the players that are on the court with them and in the locker room with them night in and night out that have done it. You had Nalissa, you have Nalissa Smith here. You know, she comes in as a rookie. Queen Eyed Boat comes in as a rookie as well, but they had Nikki Collin as their coach mm -hmm. for the senior year. I, how much do you think that helps and how much of, the training for coming in because like it's it you said to swallow you up and it's also just this fast turnaround mm -hmm. you have folks who are playing in the ncaa tournament it's you know a week and then the draft it's another week and there you are at camp how much does it matter when you look at culture to try and figure out uh players who have been trained for the pros by their college coaches mm -hmm. well you see that i mean there are a lot of um, universities that put out a lot of WBA players that make it for years and years, you know, and there's a reason for that. Um, I had a really great conversation. Alyssa was in town. I was in town this last weekend and we, we talked about that. I mean, we talked about, you know, um, 
it was Nikki's first year at Baylor and, and kind of what she was trying to establish there as the new head coach. And a lot of things that um, Liz said that she heard me talk about on the press conference, you know, are, are some of the same things that, you know, Nikki um, talked about and really tried to is building, you know, at Baylor. And um, she, you know, she, Nikki, Nikki did a great job in Atlanta. I mean, she did some wonderful things, you know, her first few years. And so I think it's really important, you know, they, they have a taste of that. I mean, all of them, I mean, Queen and, and Lexi at Stanford and, you know, the South Carolina players. I mean, my gosh, and Vic, you know, Tori being Vic's player. I mean, those guys, they know they are ready for this level when they get here, you know, like they know what it takes. Those those former players come back there and 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 talk to these those young ones, you know, on those college campuses about what it's going to take. They, you have a lot of extend the ladder down folks on that roster, which mm-hmm. is something that I always look for, and obviously means a lot, especially uh, on, on in terms of pros going back. So I, it's obviously wonderful to see. You talk about preparing and being ready for that, and obviously a big part of your preparation preparation came and you've talked, you know, your coaching tree is uh, very significant, but we'd be remiss not to talk about Pokey Chapman Mm -hmm. and the work you've done with Pokey and getting ready for this moment. How much do you take from Pokey's philosophies? And, you know, just talk a little bit about, if you could, about the ways in which, uh, because I know this is true for any mentor-mentee relationship where you say it, and then you say, you know, oh, well, I, I remember hearing her say it. Yeah. Well, gosh, I mean, I've coached with Pokey for, I mean, 15, I don't even know. I've, it's been so, I don't even know how many years it, it was that we've worked together and, you know, remain, remain friends. And she's, she's really happy for me. You know, I told her I'm aware wear her out. Like I, I'm going to be calling her and asking her a hundred questions and or a thousand questions. And, and, and she, she I, I have no doubt, like she is, you know, going to help me as, as much as I need to, but she really prepared me for this, um, this opportunity. I mean, she gave me responsibilities as a young coach, um, taught me a lot early and then gave me a lot of responsibilities as a young coach to, to do a lot of things that head coaches do. And, you know, when you work together for so long, like, you know, I could look at her and, and she, and I'd be like, yep, yep. I knew exactly what she was doing and vice versa. And, um, but the trust that she had in me, um, to do whatever it was that she had asked me to do on whatever side of the basketball. I mean, it, it really helped me grow um, our, our situation and experience in Chicago. I mean, we go into Chicago and they had not been to the playoffs. Um, year three, we go to the playoffs for the first time. Year four, we're playing uh, Phoenix in the WNBA finals. So the building process is, I feel like something that I've done with her on a few times we did it in Slovakia as well with the national team. So, you know, all those experiences help, help me figure out, has helped me figure out and decide what my philosophy is going to be. And I mean, she was, I mean, she was the one setting it all, you know, setting it in stone for us um, all those years. And so I've taken so much from her and a lot of my philosophies are, are things that she believed in, especially defensively. <laughs> we both have that. It helped. I, I think you had a pretty decent defensive center at LSU. Oh, yeah. Serves. Um, so, you know, building around a five, a generational five who can defend um, Sylvia Fowles, I think her name was. I don't know whatever happened. Oh, yeah, I, that was her. You'll, I don't, yeah, for sure. Sylvia Fowles was, oh. you know, she was sitting in that paint waiting on anybody to come in there. I mean, she made our defense look really, really good when it probably wasn't that good. 
Well, it, it, you know, again, and, and, and you and Lynn will obviously make a good decision. But, yeah, it's probably worth seeing if there's a five like that in the draft at one that you guys might want to take a look at. I don't know. You know, you, you'll you'll run the numbers and see if there's anyone uh, who applies. But yeah. very... <laughs> yes, we will, sir. Christy, in terms of like just for you personally to have put in all this time, take me through that moment that Lynn calls you and says, you know, look, we really want to offer you the job. Where were you? What's going through your mind? And who was your first call right after? Yeah. So on August 22nd, Lynn reached out to me, which was a long time ago. And um, this this journey started. Um, it's actually the first time I've said yes to the process. I've had other people reach out and ask, you know, are you interested? And, you know, they've called Pokey and just never have I pushed forward with even just going through the process. And so um, said yes to the process in August. Um, you know, Lynn had to do her due diligence and do her work and, um it took, you know, a little bit longer than I thought. And maybe it was cold feet. Maybe it was me just being like, okay, because when you're going through this process, you're thinking about things every single day. I mean, you've, you're thinking staff, you're thinking players, you're thinking, I mean, so much. And so I finally was just like, you know what, maybe this isn't the right time. And I actually, <laughs> I called Lynn and I said, Hey Lynn, I just think in my heart, I'm probably going to go ahead and just pull my name out of this. And, you know, you know, I really appreciate everything, you know, all that you've done and in this process. And she was like, Oh, no, 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 Christy, I'm not taking that as an answer. No, you know how she is. Like she just wasn't hearing it. And um, so a few more days, she was, you know, following up with some things. And a few more days later, I was at the New Orleans Saints game, football game, phone starts blowing up. Um, I go to call Lynn on Monday morning. I'm sitting at the beach. I go to the beach. I live right close to the beach here in Gulfport, Mississippi. And I went to the beach to my little spot looking out just, okay, what's Lynn going to have to say? And she didn't miss a beat. She said, Hey, I want you to be the next coach of the fever. Click. There's an email. It's coming to you. Tell me what, if you want to continue talking. So that is exactly how that lady called me and offered me the job. Um, I wouldn't expect anything less. I was really excited. Um, like I said, everything's been so easy and they've been so respectful in everything they've um, done for me to get this to get this done. Uh, the fever has in the organization. Uh, first call was obviously my parents, um, my mom and dad, small country town folks that have been for years and years just wearing me out about when is it going to be your time? When are you going to do this? I kept trying to explain to them. I just love my role. They weren't hearing it. So for me, like just the excitement um, that they've had uh, for this and um, this opportunity for me and and just ready for me to take the reins and move over a chair and just see how it goes. I mean, I'm a worker. I'm a grinder. Um, I'm going to figure it out. We'll figure it out. My staff will figure it out. Um, but it, it's just been a really exciting and easy, easy process. Had it been difficult, I would have been like, hey, no, you know, we're going to. But it's just the timing was everything. It's it's a point of personal privilege when I say it, when I say that the folks who have been putting in the time who deserve this opportunity. I see you getting this chance. I see Latricia Trammell getting mm -hmm. this chance down in Dallas. It matters. It's a big deal. Um, I want to talk to you one last thing about um, the future, the, the months ahead. But first, uh, I need to talk to the listeners about Sweatblock. Uh, this is from a customer review. Christopher wore a sweater every day to school, even in the hot Texas summers, to try and hide his sweat. 
He can now wear any shirt without sweating, thanks to Sweatblock. Sweatblock wipes were invented by a doctor and they're guaranteed to work or you don't pay. They call it the Sweatblock Dry Shirt Guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. So if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try, try Sweatblock today. Save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com, also available at Amazon. So my final thought, my final question is, I just wonder, now that you've had it, now that you get this opportunity, do you visualize, do you visualize what it looks like? You know, how, how, you know, take me through if you haven't, or if you have even better, you know, picture that, that opening night for the Indiana Fever, you're the head coach, you know, what are yeah. you seeing? <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. The thought of, um, walking out of that tunnel. Um, and, and, you know, I know we've sold over a thousand tickets for that home opener as, mm -hmm. as of when I was there in Indy the other day, that's so exciting. Um, man, I just, I just want to do right by these young people. I want them to have the best experience. Um, I'm going to take everything that I've learned and witnessed over the years and do the best I can to make sure these guys just, you know, to me, if you can build a relationship and earn those players trust, I mean, it's not given, but if you can earn their trust and you can, uh, they will, they will run through brick walls for you. They will do whatever. And that is what um, my goal is to, to get to that point and us share so many great moments and memories. And, you know, the wins are going to come when that happens, when you build something and you, you know, the, the discipline is there and the consistency is there um, and the work ethic. I mean, let's get, I mean, it is going to be tough, man. It is tough to rebuild a program and it is tough, but you got to have tough people, you know, that are aligned all doing the right things the right way. Mm -hmm. And that is, um, that is my goal. And when that happens and that'll start happening at practice and it'll all play out, you know, in the games, but, leading this team, being in the huddles, um, you know, being on the sideline, being able, I mean, I walked the sideline when I wasn't supposed to. I mean, we all know that, and, you know, working with Pokey. Uh, but now, you know, to be the one um, that, that's in charge. I mean, it, it's exciting. It's scary, man. It's, it's a scary thing. I'm excited for it, though. I mean, it's going to be a fun, fun ride. It is time and it is wonderful to see. And I know people in cities all over the country are going to be excited uh, to see it that night from New York to Philadelphia to what's another northeastern city that would be excited about it. Uh, Boston, Boston, yep. excited, too. So thank you, Christy Sides, for being part of it. And thank you to our listeners. Uh, we will be joined tomorrow um, by Christy. I don't know if you're familiar. It's uh, Lynn Dunn. Yeah, I've met her a couple times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll be, we'll be talking to Lynn uh, as well. So we're, we're done with the Fever Daily Double. And, uh, you know, again, make sure you're subscribing to us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're reading all the coverage over at thenexthoops.com. Until then, I am Howard Meddahl wishing you a wonderful day. Welcome Wallet for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball, your daily podcast on women's basketball. 